I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I did the most over the weekend for spring. I I went a little crazy. I, I honestly think it kind of looks like a cry for help. Like, I went to Trader Joe's and I put so many flowers and eucalyptus in my cart that like people were staring at me. Like it looked like I was buying flowers for a wedding. And I don't regret it. Like our house feels great. It feels very much spring ready. I did like a whole display piece on our credenza below our TV that's like, Obi keeps calling it like dark academia. I have like books and cameras and flowers like all lined up. I just needed it, okay? I needed this and no one can take it away from me. <laughs> but that's been that's been my weekend. Now, I want to get into three good things from this week. The first one being eucalyptus. I love the way it smells. I love the way it like fills a room with the smell of eucalyptus. I think a friend of mine in middle school, her parents used to keep it in the house and her house always smelled like it and it felt so fancy to me. And I still feel that way, like bringing it into our house, it feels like it just kind of said it's time for spring, you know? And I finally put some in our shower for the first time and it's the move. It's definitely the move. The other good thing from this week is that the sun is coming up before seven now. And that's really important to me traditionally because I, I'm an early riser. I like when the sun wakes me up, so I love getting up. I love that it's getting up earlier. That being said, I was like, is this a good thing for me now? Because I got very attached to the dark mornings. I tried to embrace them over winter. And so I had my little candle routine in the morning and I would kind of work by candlelight and lamplight. And the sun, I know when the sun would wake up, wake up, I know when the sun would rise because every day when the sun would rise, I would open all our blinds. And it, it was at 7.15 and it was so lovely to just have that like 45 minutes in the dark and then at 7.15 open the blinds. And now it's like before seven, the sun's already at, already rising, it's crazy. The third good thing is that I started skin cycling. I've been doing this for a couple of months now. If you don't know what skin cycling is, I think it started like as like a TikTok thing. I think like a TikTok dermatologist told everyone about it. But essentially, it's if you're wanting to get into using a retinol. <laughs> retinol is like apparently like the holy grail of skincare. Every dermatologist recommends it. And it's also something that can like really mess with your skin. So I have really sensitive dry skin that gets really red really easily. And the past when I've used retinol, it's really been hard on my skin. I, even one time before I knew what retinol was, I used it when I was in the desert and didn't wear sunscreen <laughs> like a dummy. And my skin basically turned to leather. So I have been very scared of retinol ever since. I've also been very scared of a chemical exfoliant because even though everything on the internet is like, don't use a physical exfoliant, use a chemical exfoliant, I've been really scared because physical exfoliants so far have not done me wrong. 
and chemical exfoliants feel very scary. They feel like a real leather skin in the desert situation, you know? So I have been really intimidated by these things, but I decided to try skin cycling because the intention of it is to help you ease into the use of chemical exfoliants and retinols. Basically what you do is you do one night as a chemical exfoliant night, the next is a retinol night, and then two nights off, and then you repeat. And the two nights off, you're really just like hydrating your skin like crazy. And you guys, I haven't had any adverse reactions. Like I really, I'm starting really light. Like I'm only using it once a week. I'm using the chemical exfoliant once a week and the retinol once. And then I really am just kind of waiting multiple nights, <clears throat> more than two nights in a row. Just because I'm, I mean, I'm a ginger, like, Let's be honest. I need to be gen I need to be gentle, um, but the the goal is that you could eventually build up. But right now, I'm just doing those two, and y'all, my skin feels amazing. Like, I don't feel the need to like even wear concealer. Like, I've been putting makeup on for like different projects or something, or like even going out to Valentine's Day, and I don't no no foundation no concealer just kind of like putting some mascara on some blush and some lipstick y'all and i'm 37 you know like it's it's treating me well okay so i'm <laughs> loving skin cycling and those are my good things and this week let's get into a little bit of you know what i've been thinking about i've been thinking about self-esteem uh, so if you're subscribed to the newsletter you already know this uh, i kind of talked to you about it already but I've been thinking about going deeper in this podcast. I just, I really want to have a conversation about it. So I did a podcast interview where I talked through my self-esteem journey and I, on someone else's podcast recently. And I think one of the major things that I left out in that conversation was learning to own my value set. So if you don't know, I grew up relatively religious, not necessarily like in a deeply religious home, but more so church was kind of my escape from the chaos of my home environment. So I grew up in like Southern Baptist church culture. And then I went to a Southern Baptist college. And after college, I went through like probably a four year deconstruction journey of really trying to like piece apart what I believe, what I don't believe, who I, you know, what I value, what I don't value. And I remember there being a moment, and this was probably 2016, when Obi and I were already together. Like, I just kind of realized that I never really identified what my moral values are. Because up until the point of deconstruction, I had just adopted the values of the church. And honestly, up until college, I hadn't been taught to critically think, you know, I'd been taught to just take what I'd been given, you know, and to follow what I'd been told. And college, my Southern Baptist college, my Old Testament class was like the first time that I was taught historical context of the Bible. And I was taught to think about it critically and to question things that I've been taught, you know, through the lens of his history and it really broke down a lot of what I'd learned my whole life because 
when you apply historical context to it, it changes the Bible dramatically. So I'd had this like wide open experience of like, oh my gosh, I've not been thinking critically my entire life. And then to going to kind of being really jaded and not wanting to put all of that pressure on myself because the other element is like my sense of worth was so low because I had really adopted this mentality of like, I am nothing. I am garbage. Everything good in me is God. And like everything about me is just filth. It really believed that to such a degree that I thought everything in me was evil or wrong or bad. And I wanted to not think that way anymore. You know, I knew I needed to move into a different way of being. And so I just kind of like went to the other direction, which is like, I do what I want. I feel what I want. I think what I want. I don't have to follow a bunch of rules in order to be worthy. And I think that was an important pendulum swing, you know? But then there came a moment where I was like, I want to know what I think, what I feel, what I believe to be good and really identify those values. So I, I took some conscious time to sit down and write, like, what do I think it means to be a good person? So that I can make sure that not only am I living into that, but also that I can let go a lot of these like old dated expectations I had for myself that really didn't belong to me. Because when we don't own our own values, that's where I think a lot of our disconnect from self-esteem can come in, right? If we're trying to live up to the values of someone else, but we don't really believe in them, we we kind of feel like we're constantly failing, we're never enough. But then also, when we don't live up to our own values, we feel like not good people. You know, we question our own sense of, am I a good person? Am I who I want to be. You know, we talked before about, you know, when you, in the podcast episode where we talk about being yourself, we talk about part of self-esteem is recognizing, you know, kind of making sure that your real self, your perceived self, and your ideal self are overlapping as much as possible. And so I think of our value sets as our ideal self. It's who we wish to be, who we intend to be. And so if my real self and my ideal self are are far apart, the harder it is to have a strong sense of self. So the goal, right, is to identify what are my values and then how can I more so live into those values? So... With that being said, you know, there are values to adopt at everywhere we turn, right? Like there's societal values. There are the values of the patriarchy, white supremacy. There's values of capitalism. There's values in, you know, the the world that wants us to just continuously be consumers and buy products to make us look better, feel better. You know, there's the values that the magazines shove at us of what it means to be beautiful or worthy or lovable. And we can adopt those, right? And we think like, oh, I'm supposed to be meek and cute and simple and skinny. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be all these little things. And then society changes and it's like, oh, we need to have like big butts and small waists and we're, we're honoring a powerful woman right now and we like darker skin and we like 
see characters like the Kardashians chasing this societal definition of what it means to be hot. And we can't afford to do that, right? Like normal people can afford to shapeshift. But that being said, the whole point of the thing being we're setting our ideal based off of the patriarchy, based off of capitalism, based off of all of these things that maybe we don't value, maybe aren't even aligned with what our, our morals are, what our intentions are. And the same thing can happen like for our parentals, you know, the values of our parents or the values from strangers on social media. Like maybe it's really important to my followers that I'm the kind of person who does X, Y, or Z. And if I'm constantly trying to keep up with what everybody else wants me to do based off of what they think is important, I'm gonna lose myself, right? And then when it comes to our self-esteem, lowering because we aren't living up to someone else's values, we have to identify like, okay, whoa, where do you end and I begin? You know, where do these expectations of me even come from? Who's benefiting from them? And then what do I actually think is important? Because the thing is that when we look at our self-esteem and it's like, to one of two causes that are kind of keeping us from feeling confident in ourselves, right? Is it this sense of I'm not living up to the expectations that everyone else has of me? Or is it because I'm not living up to my own values and the expectations that I have of myself based off of what I believe to be morally important? This is important to identify because they're two completely different paths to change right? Um, when it's because we're not living up to someone else's standards or society standards of what we're supposed to be, the growth journey, the path to higher self-esteem and is in recognizing like, oh, that's not about me, depersonalizing it, making sure that we're not owning something that doesn't belong to us and really separating ourselves from that expectation. But if our sense of self-worth is going down because we're not living up to our own standards, the goal then is to merge our ourselves into living into our values as much as possible, right? Which is, how can I be my ideal self? And a lot of times what I hear people say is like, well, how do I even know what my values are? And I think that that does take intentional thought and processing. Um, in the newsletter, I sent out a list of values, like 216 core values that you could just kind of look at and get a sense of like, what are my top like five to 10 values? That being said, you know, I don't have that for you here. I can't like link via audio, but it's easily Googleable, like a list of core values and you can, you can find one that'll pop up for you. Just go through that list and just see which ones resonate for me, which ones stand out to me as things that are important. Maybe you narrow it down to 40 and then you narrow it down to 20 and so on. And, you know, question, you know, start to pay attention to where do I feel the most insecure? Like what are those areas? And then where did that story come from? Where did I learn that this is something that I should worry about? And explore, is this something that is mine or something that belongs to someone else? An example I see a lot is people who feel the pressure to quit their job and start a business, right? For some people, being a business owner is definitely their path. It's like 
you know, I think I'm a good example. I think it would take a really like a unicorn of a job to keep me there for longer than a year. Um, and, but this job has kept me for years and years and years. And I'm just the kind of person who loves independence and freedom and working for myself. And I thrive working alone. But other people, there's just like, they like the stability of a day job. But our society in a lot of ways is like, start a business, quit your job, start a business. And so I often interact with people who are like, I really like my job, but I feel this pressure to turn my side hustles into a full-time business, even though that really overwhelms me or really stresses me out and the concept of it isn't enjoyable to me. It's like people who are feeling bad about not having their hobbies be their full-time income because society is saying this is what you should want, this is what success looks like, even though maybe they're thriving, you know, maybe they're actually in their sweet spot right now and that pressure, that doesn't even belong to them, you know? So I think that that's a really good example. Do I feel like owning my own business is something that like I truly want or is a value of mine? Or do I feel like that's what I'm supposed to want and so I'm trying to convince myself that's something that I even desire while simultaneously feeling shame for not having that? Just That's just a little example. But at the end of the day, it's just important to recognize that our self-esteem is built in significant ways when we build that sense of self-trust. When we say, what are my values? How can I make sure that I'm living into those values as much as possible so that when someone else's perspective comes into play and is like, this is what you should be doing, this is how you're supposed to look or be or act, you can go, whoa, that doesn't belong to me. Here are my set of core values. Here's what's important to me. I'm going to let that be yours and I'm going to trust that I am good as I am because I'm falling into, I'm as much as possible in alignment with my own values. That's my thought for today. Um, now getting into what happened last week, just kind of updating you on our life. We did start making plans for the summer. So my husband, Obi got into an MFA program and it's a, it's a low residency, which just means like he has to go be there for like several weeks at a time but he doesn't have to live there full time, which is great for us because obviously we have a kiddo and we can't just like move across the country to you know, do an MFA program. And so that means we're going to be moving for six weeks every summer for the next several summers into a new city. There's a lot of logistics to figure out there, like you know, the kiddo, because you know we have split custody, so we have to navigate that. We have to navigate housing. Um, I think the school's providing housing, but we're not 100% sure. I mean, I think we can pay for housing through the school is what I mean. Um, but I'm not 100% sure how that's going to play out. And then, yeah, we just have a lot of logistics to navigate. But if you if you know, I have wanted to move out of our city for several years. And for reasons we cannot. And so I am so excited to just have a chance to be somewhere else for a season. There are logistics to navigate, like paying double rent. Like we're not 
rich, y'all. Like, I know it sounds like, I think people assume like, oh, you must be making so much money. Um, I live a pretty simple life. Like, I keep my business pretty simple. I don't have, like, we're not like flush with cash, you know? So we have to figure out like how, okay, are we going to pay two rents? Um, the other thing that we have to navigate is plant care. I'm like, who's going to, what are my plants? Who, I think I trust my mom to do that, but I just have to figure that whole thing out. Um, am I going to come? It's like a, we can drive, it's like a four and a half hour drive away. So like, do I drive home every weekend? That feels like a little extra. So that's all that stuff. We have a lot of details to navigate. But I cannot tell you how excited I am. More excited, think about how excited you think I might be and just go ahead and like times that by 10, okay? That's how excited I am, that's the level. Um, And then the second thing about last week is that I've been having so much fun with Reels. It is by far my lowest performing content, like it is not performing well, but I love it. I'm having so much fun. I cannot believe it. Like in late 2020, I went to Cincinnati with some friends to do some work. And I, that whole time I was just talking about how much I was like dreading getting on TikTok and how much like, oh, short form video, like I don't want to do it. I don't feel like I understand where I fit into it. I don't get my niche in it. And then I had a meeting, I like set up a little chat with one of my friends that was there this weekend or like this morning and I was like, guess what? Reels are my favorite thing I'm doing right now. (laughs) Like I know this is going to shock you, but I'm obsessed. So yeah, I'm having a blast. I even re-downloaded TikTok. So we'll see what happens. This is my fourth attempt at TikTok and anything could, you know, I could just go, I can't do this. But right now I have really good boundaries with it, which... I'm pretty proud of. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, The third thing from last week is that I read Hallelujah Anyway by Anne Lamott. I really love her writing. I think she's extremely self-deprecating, which I adore in a nonfiction writer. I also did not realize or like remember how much of a Christian she is. Like she is like a full-on like, like most of the book is about Christianity, which I think I just haven't ever really noticed that much before because when I used to read her work, I was a Christian. So I, it was just so much a part of my brain and my life that I didn't notice it stand out. But now I'm like reading Hallelujah anyway. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like, we're talking about Bible stories here. But I love that, you know, like, especially like the way that she is a Christian, like very like progressive, open, accepting Like, I don't find that off-putting for myself. I actually find it kind of reconnecting, like, to the character of Jesus, I think is a very beautiful character, and I think we could all learn a lot from that character. So I don't, I I genuinely felt like it increased my compassion for myself and for others and realigned me with purpose. It felt very, like, a beautiful read. Now, things that I'm feeling vulnerable about. Number one, going to an event tonight. Um, We're going to like a a live reading in our town and I'm feeling nervous. I just get anxiety, you know, about going out (laughs) to events. 
Um, I do better if it's my event just because like I have a role that I'm playing. Um, but I'm much more nervous at events like this, especially, and this really honestly started for me when my account grew because oftentimes there will be times where we're in a room and I'm just like acting normal. And then it, then I find out that there are people in that room who like know who I am and you, I cannot explain to you the, the beauty and the weirdness of that. Like it's the best, just to be clear, if you're ever wondering how to engage with someone who you follow on the internet, because I do it too. Like I see someone who I follow on the internet and I'm like, well, how do I want to engage? For me, and I think for most of us, it's a wonderful if you come say hi. Like, because it humanizes us all, you know, it makes, it makes you like my like equal and we like can talk and hang out um and like that's fun like there's a reason that we're drawn to the work of people you know it's probably because we have a lot in common so I love meeting people it's harder when you leave and someone texts you and says like hey or like dms you and is like hey I saw you at this thing well then you're like what was I doing like was I like picking my nose you know (laughs) like what was I doing and so that being said I think it's just I have a little bit of anxiety. Like, you just don't know. I don't want to seem weird. I don't know. Not weird. It's not like I'm worried about as much about what other people think of me. I'm more concerned about how I make other people feel around me. And, like, we went to a, like, influencer event the other day. I got invited to one. And I went, and it was, like, no one really addressed that they invited me. They just kind of were like, have you heard of us before? Like, welcome in. And I was like, I don't want to seem stuck up. But at the same time, I also don't want to seem like expectant of like special treatment. So I don't know how to handle it. I don't want to like not talk to anybody because I don't want to seem snooty. But at the same time, I don't want to talk to people (laughs) and seem like I'm like, think I'm important in any way, you know? Because it's like, None of that's real. I'm just like a weirdo. Anyway, that's what that's what's happening for me. I'm feeling very vulnerable, clearly, about going to an event. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fun. The second thing I'm feeling vulnerable about is I've kind of overdone my schedule this week, and it's a little stressful, to be honest. I just kind of overbooked myself, and I'm overwhelmed. And the third is that... I'm getting like what I call the post-interview squiggles. (laughs) Like after doing an interview, getting out of it and just kind of feeling like, oh, did I mess that up? Was I weird? Did I say everything I wanted to say? I just feel uncomfy in my skin. Um, That happens to me almost every single time that like I'm the interviewee. I literally every single time I'm like, (laughs) so that's what I'm feeling vulnerable about this week. Things I'm feeling proud of. I'm proud of being on round four of trying TikTok again. And I feel like I'm doing a really good job with boundaries this time around. Like I don't feel like trapped in TikTok at all. I feel very much like I can kind of jump in and jump out. The second is going to the gym and really just like listening to my body, but also pushing myself. I think that's sometimes a hard line to to ride with working out. Like 
I want to honor my limitations, but I also want to like increase my capacity. And I sometimes struggle with the balance. I'll sometimes, I'll either go, let's not push myself too hard or I'll go, let's increase our capacity right now and push myself too far. So I'm really proud of listening and pushing. And the third is since the Strength Finders episode that we did last week, I've really started to appreciate my strengths more. I think that was like an unexpected result of the test. I, you know, as Jessica Dixon put in Friday's interview, she said, I love the Enneagram because it doesn't blow smoke up your ass. Like it just tells you, you know, what you can improve on. I think that's beautiful. And I love that about the Enneagram as well. But sometimes like I can focus so much on like what's wrong with my type that I forget to appreciate what's good in it. And the strength finders really helped me to see myself as like they really summed up into like you get ideas and you make them happen and you push people. And I think that that's all very true. And I feel really I'm feeling really proud of that in myself right now. And my core desired feelings for the month of March, I chose refreshed grateful and aligned. So this week I will feel refreshed by having a nourishing evening routine because I've got such busy days. I really need to up the self-care in the evening. I will feel grateful by looking at my schedule as things that I get to do, not things that I have to do. And I will feel aligned by not making any rash decisions on how I'm going to move forward in certain plans and tasks, but I'm going to wait and really let it come to me and trust that the right thing will come in the right time. And my self-care challenge. So last week, I intended to spend some time on the porch reading or working, and I actually just did that for the first time today. I took all of my meetings that I could outside and then I worked outside for most of the day and it was everything that I hoped it would be and more. I cannot wait to do it again tomorrow if I can or you know Friday if I can't. And this week I am going to make a time for at least one bath if not two. Um, yesterday friends I got so stressed out. <laughs> I just got so overwhelmed. Things were just taking me so much longer than I thought they would. It was like 5.40. I was still working. Obi came home. He was like, I'm going to start dinner in a little bit. And I was just like it crying. <laughs> he started crying. So it was just like, how am I still working? I don't understand like how to stop right now. I was really just struggling to see where my limit was. And he was just like, you can literally stop right now. Like nothing that you're working on right now is urgent. None of this stuff, like the, I was working on things that were due like two days later. And he was like, literally stop right now. So I stopped, he made me some tea, I took a bath and it was like immediately. I sat in that bath with the tea and my book and I was like, I'm better. <laughs> I, was, I just think like, sometimes it feels like, oh, I don't have time for a bath, but it's exactly the thing I had time for and exactly the thing I needed to have time for. So I'm going to do that again. I'm going to take at least another bath, maybe two more. And then what's coming up in terms of content this week? On the podcast on Wednesday, we are discussing all things routines and your Enneagram type. And then on Friday, we have a conversation with Jules Acree all about creativity as self-care. 
Wednesday on YouTube, I'm doing Resetting Our Home for Spring. So you'll see all of the flowers and eucalyptus that Trader Joe's has to offer. And uh, can't wait for that one to go live. So this week is an invitation to identify your values and release the ones that don't belong to you. And we're gonna end today with a quote from Anton St. Martin, never surrender your hopes and dreams to the fateful limitations others have placed on their own lives. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.